Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. share a message with you today, one that I have been wanting to share for quite a while. This is one of the most profound revelations I received from the Holy Spirit uh, that I want to share with you today. The title of my message is called Intimacy Through Brokenness. So if you're taking notes, you may want to write this down, Intimacy Through Brokenness. Uh, it's quite a, a long portion of scripture that I'd like to read to you uh, today from Luke's Gospel, chapter 24. Luke's Gospel, chapter 24, verse 13 through to 32. I'm reading from the New King James Version. Luke's Gospel, chapter 24, verse 13 through to 32. Now behold, Two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. And so it was, while they conversed and reasoned, that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. And he said to them, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? Then the one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things which happened there in these days? And he said to them, What things? So they said to him, The things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet mighty indeed and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us when they did not find his body. They came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it was just as the women had said, but him they did not see. Then he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Then they drew near to the village where they were going, and he indicated that he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to stay with them. 
And now it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, that he took bread, blessed, and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished from their sight. And they say to one another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road, and while he opened the scriptures to us? And may the Lord bless the reading and the studying of his word. Now, as the scripture says, these two walked with Jesus, whom they did not recognize, for seven miles on the road to Emmaus. And he listened, the Lord intently listened to them while they poured out the hearts and disappointments to them. He went on to explain and expound the scriptures to them concerning himself, of course, but they still failed to recognize who the stranger was beside them. They could have walked, I believe, together for another thousand miles and still would not have recognized the Lord Jesus. The Bible says that their eyes were restrained from knowing him. They only recognized him at the breaking of the bread. This is the mystery that I want to share with you today. It is a great mystery which many believers have not yet understood nor received. True spiritual recognition. This is the mystery that I want to share with you. True spiritual recognition comes through brokenness and only through brokenness. No one could have true spiritual fellowship and intimacy with the Lord unless they go through the process of being broken and humbled. I want to say that again. For those of us who desire intimacy with the Lord, who desire closeness with the Holy Spirit, we need to understand the true spiritual fellowship and intimacy with the Lord Jesus. We can only have that through the process of being broken and humble. And if you're a child of God, you need to know that Jesus has walked with you many a mile along life's journey. He has listened to our heart as we cried and complained about our disappointments many times and our sorrows. He has seen our tears. He has witnessed our doubts, our fears, and has felt our loneliness and pain many times. He has also shared our moments of joy and our moments of happiness he has shared our victories with us and our successes. In fact, he has never, ever left your side. Because the Bible says he will never leave you nor forsake you. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5. We may have experienced even the burning in our hearts as those two did when he expounds the scriptures to us, either through the Spirit or through some gifted teacher that we have listened to or continue to receive ministry from. But 
you still fail to recognize him and truly know him in close fellowship and intimacy. You still question his dealings with you. You doubt him in your hour of trials and in the hour of testing. You are still anxious many times and sometimes troubled when he delays to respond to you or when the circumstances around you fail to give you some kind of hope, encouragement or faith. You still governed by your emotions, by what you see, by what you feel, rather than being governed by his eternal word and his spirit. Now, you may even question yourself at times, why is it so difficult to believe his word? Why am I struggling still with doubt or fear or unbelief or anxiety? Why am I still anxious? Why am I still troubled? Even if I know what the scripture said, I will be with you when you cross the waters, when you go through the rivers, when you go through the fire, I will be with you. I will hold your right hand saying, you know, all of these promises, you know the scriptures, but you're still troubled and you're still fearful at times. Why is it? You may even wonder, that despite the knowledge that you have of the promises of God, you're still not at peace, not at peace with yourself and not at peace with God. You are anxious, you're troubled, you are worried, one thing or another, especially as you go through a difficult time or a test. You know that deep down in your heart there is something missing, you can't put your finger on it, even though you do not know what it is, but you sense in your heart there is a gap somewhere along the line in your intimacy with the Lord. Now, if that describes you what I've just mentioned and related, and you can identify with what I've shared with you, I believe that today I have a message for you and an answer concerning those questions you may have. What I'm about to share with you, I believe is a mystery still to many believers. Many, not a few in the body of Christ, say they know the Lord, but the knowledge they have of the Lord is external and shallow. What do I mean by that? External knowledge. Let me explain. In other words, you may know him as far as you can see or as far as you can feel. You may know him as far as your emotions or your intellect will allow you, but the moment the Lord does something outside of our intellect, outside of our emotions or the way we think, we lose him. We start to question. In other words, we may know the Lord after the flesh, but not after the spirit. And we are speaking about spiritual recognition here, spiritual intimacy, because intimacy with the Lord is spiritual. Now, 
Listen to what the Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16. Very important verse of scripture here. Paul says, therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Another translation says, we know no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. You see, Jesus as the head of the church is no longer in the flesh. He was once, but now he has moved out of the flesh into another realm, the realm of the spirit, and we, his body, in order for us to know him in the spirit and to share fellowship and intimacy with him in the spirit, we must also pass through the veil of our flesh so that we can share close intimacy with him in the spirit. We need to go through the barrier of the flesh. And that's where brokenness comes in. You see, spiritual intimacy and fellowship with the Lord is only possible through the spirit and not through the flesh. To know Jesus through the flesh, it means that you know him externally or according to your five physical senses. You, I trust you understand where I'm coming from. Once we know the Lord in the spirit, once our flesh has gone through the cross, through the discipline, and we have been humbled and broken through the discipline of the Lord, we will be able to recognize him in whatever form he appears, whatever form he chooses to appear. And we will have fellowship with him, whatever circumstances we may find ourselves in. And that is the secret. In our scripture reference, we clearly saw that the eyes of the two disciples who walked with him on the road to Emmaus were only able to recognize the Lord when they sat down at the table and Jesus took bread and broke it. This is the mystery. Brokenness releases us into the realm of the spirit. And the reason many of God's people don't know the Lord in the spirit is because of a lack of brokenness or a lack of humility. The flesh, the outward man, has not been subdued or crucified yet. In other words, they have not surrendered themselves fully to the cross of Christ, to the power of the cross. And you cannot know the Lord in the spirit unless you go through the cross and come out on the other side. Now, listen to this uh, verse of scripture, Psalm 34, verse 18, and Psalm 51, verse 17. Psalm 34, verse 18 says, The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves such as have a contrite spirit. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart or a humbled heart and saves such as have a contrite spirit. Psalm 51 verse 17 says, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, 
a broken and a contrite heart, these, O oh God, you will not despise. This tells us that only broken people truly know the Lord in the spirit. That is those who have gone through the cross and have allowed the work of the cross to do its work in them. Amen. Let me give you now the definition of the word brokenness. A broken person is a humble person. He has gone through discipline, gone through the correction by the hand of the Lord. He's been corrected. He's been disciplined. He's been trained. And as the book of Hebrews says, he has been trained through discipline. He has been trained through correction. Hebrews chapter 12. To be broken means to be transparent and naked and at the same time, unashamed a broken person has come to terms first of all with the corruption of his sinful nature and as a result he no longer excuses or defends himself he has fully embraced the cross that is a broken person amen and those who have gone through the discipline of the Lord or have gone through uh, uh, and through brokenness have nothing to fear and they have nothing to hide to be broken does not mean to be weakened it has to do with submission to authority they recognize legitimate authority both direct from God and delegated authority so a humble person is one who recognizes this authority, just like the words of the Roman centurion. If you remember, remember what the Roman centurion said when he came to Jesus seeking healing for his servant. We clearly see here a picture of a broken person. Let's read the words of what, what he said as he approached the Lord Jesus in Matthew chapter 8. And we read uh, verse 8 and 9, we read the following. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. Remember, he approached the Lord and he asked him that he would heal his servant. And Jesus said, I will come and heal him. And the centurion responded and he said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. And then he went on to say, for I am also a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. Notice that the first thing the centurion said to Jesus is that he was unworthy. He had a true and accurate estimation of himself. Broken people possess a revelation of the depravity of their flesh. And they truly know themselves. 
Let me give you a few examples from the scripture. Romans chapter 7, verse 18, the great apostle Paul said this, For I know that is in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. Did you hear that? Paul understood and recognized the depravity of the flesh. He said, in me, and he qualified that. That is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good, I do not find. Then in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15, the same apostle, the apostle Paul writing to Timothy said, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners of whom I am a chief. Did you hear that? Didn't say what I was. He says, of whom I am a chief of sinners. He still continued to have that knowledge and that revelation of the, the corrupt nature of his flesh. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 5. Isaiah, when he saw the glory of God, he said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Did you see that? Did you hear that? These scriptures show us clearly how corrupt the flesh is outside of Christ. And I say this, no one can surrender himself or herself willingly to the cross unless and until they receive a revelation of the depravity of the flesh and self. You will never be able to bow before the Lord in humility and brokenness until you receive a revelation of who you really are outside of Christ. That in you, that is in the flesh, dwells no good thing. And there is nothing we can do to save ourselves, but to throw ourselves on the mercy of God. The second thing the centurion said to Jesus that all he needed from the Lord was a word. That tells us he believed that if Jesus spoke the word, only his servant would be healed. That means that a broken person recognizes the authority and the power that resides in the word of God alone. Says you don't have to come to my house. You don't have to come and lay hands on my servant. All you need to do is speak the word. He recognized the power and the authority that is in the word of Jesus. And a broken person esteems the word of God more highly than anything else. More than he, what he can see, what he can feel, what he thinks. That is a broken person. He has no confidence whatsoever in the flesh. Amen. He believes the word rather than natural or physical evidence. 
humility, you see, and faith walk hand in hand together. A humble person is one who has true faith. Faith and humility, they go together. Thirdly, he says, the centurion said, that he was a man under authority. He doesn't say, I am a man with authority. I am a man under authority. Did you, did you hear that? In other words, he recognized that he was under the authority of his Roman uh, oversight, that, 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 that he submitted to that authority. Because he was under authority, he recognized authority. I repeat, a broken person recognizes authority and submits to it without questioning it. He does not seek to possess authority, but rather to submit to it. In fact, he looks for authority because he understands the principle that authority is there to cover, to protect the person. Amen? Now, how does brokenness come? How, how does the Lord work in order to bring us to a place of humility, of brokenness, of having a contrite heart? The scripture tells us in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 6 through to 11. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 6 through to 11, gives us the process uh, or the way in which the Lord takes us through in order to train us and, 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 and how can I put it, discipline us and bring us to a place where we can partake, the Bible says, of his holiness. Let's let's look at that together. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 6 through 11. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens or disciplines. Another translation says he disciplines and scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening or discipline, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not discipline? And if you are without discipline, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us, and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? For indeed, they for a few days disciplined us as seemed best to them, but he for our profit, that we may be partakers of his holiness. Now no discipline or chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Brokenness, according to the scriptures, comes through 
the discipline of the Lord. And everyone whom God receives into his family must go through correction and must go through discipline. If you can't take correction from the Lord, that means you are illegitimate, the Bible says. This discipline that the Lord administers to every child of his comes through different avenues and with it brings sometimes pain, sorrow, and of course a measure of suffering to our flesh. Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 4 verses 1 and 2, listen to what Peter says. He says, therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind. For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lusts of men, but for the will of God. He mentions there that our flesh goes through a period of suffering. It's uncomfortable and even painful at times when the Lord ministers discipline. It can come through your boss. It can come through uh, through your someone that 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 you work together. It, it comes through different different means uh, through different ways. But we have to have understanding and wisdom to recognize when it's the hand of the Lord disciplining. Again, in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10, Peter says, But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Do you see that? After you have suffered a while, in other words, after you have gone through the discipline, the correction, the training, God will perfect, God will establish, God will strengthen, and God will settle you. Amen. Tests, trials, all of those things that we go through. That's why James says when you go through a test or a trial, count it all joy, knowing what do we know? That the trying of our faith works patience, but let patience have a perfect work. Notice what Peter said, the scriptures that we just read. He said, after you have suffered a while, then he will perfect you or mature you, strengthen you, establish you and settle you. It is interesting to note that the Lord first breaks us down and then he elevates and establishes us. How we respond, please listen carefully. How we respond to the Father's discipline will determine how long we will stay in the correction, in the discipline, and whether we are trained by it or not. Some people cannot take discipline or correction. They get offended. They get upset. Who are you to tell me what to do? Oh, but what you said, what you did wasn't nice. Who are all you? Are you listening to me? 
We need to receive the discipline of the Lord as from the hand of the Lord, submit and allow his correction to train us and teach us what he wants to communicate to us. We can stay in the discipline for a very long time. The children of Israel stayed in it for 40 years, yet they had never learned. They've never been trained by it. And as a result, they remained and died in the desert, never entering into the promised land. You see, God was training them and preparing them for the promised land ahead. But they didn't see it as the discipline of the Lord. They rebelled, they mourned, they complained every time. And as a result, they were not trained by what the Lord, by what uh, they, they have endured or they have gone through. And it's a lesson for us today. Those who have submitted to this kind of tough love, if I can call it that, have allowed the cross to do its work in the character, will enjoy the benefits of friendship and the benefits of intimacy with the Lord. Amen. Sometimes our flesh is screaming out, Lord, I can't take any more of this. I've had it. It's enough. But the Lord knows how much we can take. Amen. The Bible says that he is faithful and he will not suffer you to be tempted or tested above what you are able to bear but with the temptation, he will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Amen. Sometimes it's very tough. It's very painful to the flesh. It's very uncomfortable. And the first thing we do many times is cry out to the Lord, take me out of here, Lord. I don't want to face this anymore. I can't bear it anymore. Instead of humbling ourselves and saying, Lord, help me to learn all that you want me to learn through this trial or through this a period of time that I am going through. Amen. All right. The presence of God, those who have submitted to this kind of discipline have allowed the correction of the Lord to train them, to mature them. I believe that the presence of God will accompany them wherever they go and they will go from strength to strength. They will become pillars of strength, vessels of blessing within the church, as well as in the community where they live and where they work. On the other hand, Genesis chapter 4, verses 3 to 14, which we don't have the time to read it now, gives us a clear picture of what happens to those who despise and reject the discipline of the Lord. I admonish you to read that. Genesis chapter 4, verses 3 to 14 is the story of Cain. In this portion of scripture, we see the Lord correcting Cain for not bringing the Lord an offering according to the divine order he has established. Remember that? And Cain, instead of humbling himself at God's rebuke, and correcting his error, the Bible says he becomes angry and ends up killing his brother. With his own actions, Cain sealed his destiny as recorded in verse 14. 
Listen to verse 13 and 14 concerning Cain. And Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is greater than I can bear. Surely you have driven me out this day from the face of the ground. I shall be hidden from your face. I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond on the earth. And it will happen that anyone who finds me will kill me. That's Cain's words. And we see here that those who refuse the cross, who refuse to go through the necessary suffering to the flesh in order to go through the veil into the spirit to have that fellowship and intimacy with the Lord, those who despise the discipline or the chastening of the Lord, they end up becoming fugitives, vagabonds, wandering from church to church, from one relationship to the next, one painful situation to the next, without ever possessing the promises of God. Amen. That's why so many cannot stay in a relationship. I understand there are extenuating circumstances and all of that. But if, 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 if you're going from one relationship to the next, from one church to the next, and go on and on and on, uh, something happens and you pick up your things and you leave, you're not willing to work through, you're not willing to discuss things, you're not willing to be corrected, you're not willing to be uh, disciplined, if I can put it that way, then obviously you have an issue with authority. And you need to uh, address that through the help of the Holy Spirit and allow the Lord to minister to you in those areas. And not only that, but the people who reject that discipline or that correction or that breaking of the flesh, if I can put it that way, they develop a persecution complex. In other words, they always feel that they were dealt harshly and were given unfair treatment, especially with those in authority over them. They develop that kind of complex. And of course, from my experience in being in the ministry for such a long time, and I've witnessed this time and time again, these type of believers, they become a major problem in the church always complaining about one thing or another. They are self-centered. Uh, they often cause divisions and unrest within the church that they are part of. And finally, the cost of not accepting the Father's discipline in humility is a great one, and not only to ourselves, but also to others as well. It's too great a cost. And so, and throughout the, the years of ministry, I have watched and observed closely the horrible consequences in the lives of those who hardened themselves against God's discipline. And it is truly a painful thing to watch. And some even, I dare say, they have died prematurely. And that's why 
Hebrews chapter 12 says, it is far better to readily submit ourselves to the Father of our spirits and live in his presence continually rather than become a fugitive and a vagabond without friends and without family in the spirit. And Hebrews 12 tells us that the discipline of the Lord is for our profit so that we may become partakers of God's holiness. If you desire to know the Lord intimately, to have a close relationship and fellowship with the spirit, there is no other way. We have to go through the cross and it's only in brokenness that we will recognize the Lord in whatever form he appears. We don't have to feel him to believe him. We don't have to see to believe. We believe in his eternal word, regardless of our circumstances. And that's where the Lord is leading all of us in order to take us from a babyhood stage into a stage of maturity and adulthood in our spiritual development. Such people who have gone through the cross, who have allowed the flesh to be humble, to be broken, can be trusted. God can trust them with responsibility. He can trust them with anointing and he can trust them with ministry. Amen. I recall the days of my discipline early. In the beginning, I didn't recognize it. I rebelled against it time and time and time again until the mercy of God opened my spiritual eyes to see that it was not a man disciplining me and correcting me. It was the hand of my heavenly father. And when I saw that, I repented. I submitted myself to the discipline of the Lord and the heavens opened over my life and the blessings started to flow. But I had to first recognize that it was not a man disciplining me. It was my heavenly father through a human vessel. Amen. And if you get offended too quickly, if you get upset when your pastor or someone in authority tries to correct you and you're not receiving it in a good spirit, watch out. The person who administers discipline may not be so gentle. Are you listening to me? After all, we're human, you know. But if the Lord has placed that person and given him spiritual oversight over you, amen, when he corrects you, you need to humble yourself and say, yes, sir, I receive it in the name of the Lord Jesus. Lord, and then there was a time that, that I prayed, and I still do. I said, Lord, never withdraw and lift your hand of discipline over my life. Because if that day comes where the Lord lifts his hand of discipline, we are in major trouble, folks. We will go astray. Thank God for the discipline of the Lord. Thank God that he allows us to go through whatever he has planned for us to go through in order to humble us, in order to break that outward shell, that self 
that stubbornness that resists the hand of the Lord so that we can submit and allow God to do his work within us. And that's what I wanted to share with you today. Intimacy through brokenness. When I saw that, I realized that this is a great mystery. They recognized the Lord who possibly came in another form to those two when he took the bread and broke it. That's when spiritual recognition takes place. When we go through brokenness, allow the Lord to break you in order that he may establish you and strengthen you. Praise God. I trust you received something from the teaching today. So let's pray. I have written a prayer here that I would like us to pray. Dear Heavenly Father, grant me your grace to submit willingly to your correction and to your discipline. Teach me how to submit to the process and the work of the cross and allow that work to perfect in me that which is pleasing in your sight. I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. And amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.